listening to Gleanings, the monthly newsletter from Strategies at Work, podcast edition, May 1st, 2010. Upcoming events. The BTS Seminar Financial Management 1. Because we live in God's universe, to have success we must obey His rules, including the rules for the workplace. So what are God's rules for managing financial matters? Most of the teaching on finance is from the world. There is a dearth of teaching on this critical topic from a biblical worldview. Financial Management 1 is the first installment in the Financial Management series and is designed to give you more insight and wisdom as to how to manage finances based on a biblical worldview. Full of practical tips, this teaching will transform your understanding of financial management and lay the foundation for unprecedented success in your life. The next webinar will be held in June 2010. See strategieswork.com for details. The Strategic Life Alignment Seminar Struggling to find meaning, purpose, and satisfaction in life? Everyone does, but few have answers. This seminar will equip you with tools and a methodology for discerning your divinely ordained life purpose. Don't miss this opportunity to learn biblical principles that will help you discover your destiny. Peace, joy, and satisfaction will be yours only if you find and fulfill your life purpose. This event will be presented in both live and virtual settings. The next seminar will be held in the third quarter of 2010, and the next webinar will be held in the fourth quarter of 2010. See strategieswork.com for details. The Strategic Life Alumni Event The journey to find and fulfill your life purpose is challenging. There will be many obstacles. From time to time, everyone needs encouragement and fresh insight. The Strategic Life Alignment Alumni Event is designed specifically for this purpose. Come meet with others who are on the same journey, seeking the will of God in their lives. This event will be presented in both live and virtual settings. The topic will be Advisors and Life Plan. The seminar will be held June 25th and 26th, 2010 in Plano, Texas. And the webinar will be held in September of 2010. See the website strategieswork.com for more details. These are challenging economic times. There is much fear in the world. Now more than ever, people need to understand the power of building their lives on Christ. Only faith in Christ can provide sustained victory over fear. If you need help in learning how to walk with Christ, Strategies at Work has consultants in various parts of the world. These consultants are equipped to help you grow in Christ and to find and fulfill your divinely ordained life purpose. Please contact them or contact the Strategies at Work home office if you would like our help. See strategiesatwork.com for more details. And now Dr. Chester brings us the message titled, Financial Crisis, The Real Cause. From its low in March 2009, the stock market as measured by the Dow Jones Industrial Average has gained over 70% in the past year. Another perspective is that the market is down over 20% from its high in October of 2007. Either way that you choose, the question is, how did this happen? What was the real cause? The popular scapegoat for the economic roller coaster of the past two years is greed on the part of the financial industry. In addition, the blame is shared by government regulators who fail to properly police the greed in the financial industry. The financial industry and the regulators certainly must take responsibility for their sins, but is there something more fundamental to consider than just greed and lax oversight? Could the financial roller coaster of recent days be due to something more rudimentary? 
Is it possible that there is some systemic sin at work in the American culture that is really the root cause? To explore this possibility, consider the letter written to the Laodicean church recorded in the Bible in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. In this epistle, Jesus was expressing his disdain for the spiritual condition of the Christian community in Laodicea, which was apparently part of a fairly affluent society. Specifically, he noted a perspective about money that is most disconcerting. The text of Revelation 3, verse 17, reads as follows in the NIV translation. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. The Laodiceans assumed that since they had money, they didn't have any other needs. Or, if they had a need, their money would enable them to take care of the need. Jesus was quick to disabuse them of their erroneous perspective. In essence, he said they were in deception, thinking that their money gave them security. He boldly went on to state that their real condition could be described as wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. For people who highly value money, Jesus' rebuke is at least alarming, if not startling. Most of us alive today think just like the Laodiceans. We assume that money will solve most, if not all, of our problems. So if the Laodiceans were deceived by trusting in money for security, could this be true of us today? If so, could this deception about money be the root of the current financial calamity? If this is true, then the widely perceived failings of the financial industry and its regulators are simply symptoms of this more fundamental problem. So if this thesis is true, what then shall we do? If we're going to learn the lessons from the current economic crisis, we must understand the root problem and deal with it accordingly. If we simply relegate the situation to greed in the financial industry and lax regulatory oversight, we will be tempted to clamp down on greed by improving the oversight. This is no more than an attempt to better manage sin. If the above thesis is correct, then better sin management will prove inadequate because the systemic nature of the problem will not be addressed. Therefore, this false view of money will continue as part of the commonly accepted worldview today and simply manifest in some other way in the future. To develop an efficacious solution to the problem, we must address the root issue. If indeed the root issue of the current financial crisis is the erroneous belief that money will meet our needs, then how do we respond? Clearly, we must embrace a new and more accurate belief about the nature of money. One of the clearest statements in the Bible about the nature of money is recorded in Luke 16, verse 13, which reads as follows in the NIV translation. No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. To say that one cannot do something means that it is not allowed. In this case, God, the creator of the universe, decreed that we humans, his creatures, cannot worship God and money. We have to make a choice. Most of us don't like this idea. We would like to be able to worship both. 
We think there's security in the present life when we have money and security in the afterlife when we have God. Who doesn't want this? To worship God in money is by God's decree impossible, not allowed. This means that to find security in money as the Laodiceans did means that our trust is not in God. And when we trust anything other than God, we are idolaters. Being an idolater is not a good place to be because idolaters have no place in the kingdom of God. See 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 through 11. Instead of having security in the next life, they, that is the idolaters, will be judged. See Acts 17 verse 31. God's decree is that if you trust in money, you don't trust in God. The opposite is also true. If you trust in God, you don't trust in money. Therefore, relative to security, God and money are mutually exclusive. The only real security for both this life and the next is to trust in God. But since God is not tangible, this requires faith. Faith is based on trusting in Christ. The way that we know we've trusted in Christ is that we grow in Christ so that we live like Jesus lived. See 1 John 2 verses 5 and 6. A healthy fear of the Lord leads us to examine ourselves to see if Jesus Christ is really in us. One test of our spiritual state is whether we worship and trust in money. How would we know if we trusted money instead of God? What will be some of the indicators? Well, here are a few for your consideration. You are probably trusting in money for your security in life instead of trusting in God if you do the following. You chose your job primarily based on compensation. Or you allowed mortgage bankers who don't embrace the biblical worldview to determine the house that you bought. Or you fail to honor the Lord with your first fruits. Or you define success primarily in terms of money. Or you invest based primarily on financial analysis with no consideration to spiritual reality. Or you consider yourself to be a consumer. Or are you never content with what you have? Do you use debt imprudently or do you fail to give to the poor or pay your taxes? Do you pay those who feed you spiritually? If any of these things are true of you, then you probably worship money at some level. So be honest with yourself. Most of us trust in money far more than we would like to admit. If indeed we are violating a principle of God's universe by trying to trust in God in money or are idolaters who trust in money over God, what would the consequences be? Know what Jesus said to the Laodiceans in Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 through 16, which reads as follows in the NIV translation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Clearly Jesus was very unhappy with the Laodiceans. They trusted in money instead of God, or tried to trust in both. Either way, it produced a state of lukewarmness. Jesus used a beverage metaphor to make it clear, abundantly clear, that he was most unhappy with their trust in money. His disdain for their choice was emphasized by spitting the lukewarm beverage out of his mouth. In other words, just as Jesus had no use for a lukewarm beverage, 
He has no use for those who trust in money instead of God or those who try to trust in both. Now let's consider this truth in light of the current financial situation. Perhaps the calamity of recent months is indeed judgment for attempting to worship money and God or to worship money instead of God. This indeed could be the root issue. It means that we have had bad theology at work in our culture. We have presumed that we could ignore God's decree that relative to security, money and God are mutually exclusive. If this is true, is it any surprise that God would respond with judgment? In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was told that economic blessings would flow if they trusted God alone. And if they didn't, they would experience economic calamity. See Deuteronomy 28. They chose to reject God and therefore were judged economically. If we repeat the sin of Israel, why would we expect a different response from God? It is a maxim of history that when people don't learn from history, they are doomed to repeat it. So if we don't see the root issue of the current financial calamity, we will repeat it. May the Lord give us grace to realize that the root issue of the current financial situation is bad theology at work in our culture. May we repent from our attempt to trust in money and God or to trust in money more than God. May the Lord grant us grace to turn to the only sure foundation in life, Jesus Christ, and to trust and worship Him alone. This is the only way to build a financially sound economy and enjoy economic favor from the Lord.